Angeles, and Almighty God, in your heart, on your lips, and worthily proclaim the gospel, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Greedy guts. That was just about the worst epithet that you could hear as a little kid growing up in our times. You know, you'd be walking to the park with your brothers and you'd be the one to find a quarter hidden in the street somewhere and you'd detour off to the IGA and buy 25 cents worth of penny candy and then start gobbling down those licorice twizzlers by yourself and your little brothers would be saying, you greedy old, old greedy guts. You know, like you should be sharing this stuff. Or you get a toy that you always wanted for Christmas, you know, it was the thing that you most wanted, and there it was, and it was perfect, and it was shiny new, and it was a beautiful, maybe a Red Ryder BB gun or something, and and you'd take it up to your room because you didn't want anybody else to play with it, and your brothers would be knocking on the door, you greedy guts, you know, old greedy guts, ick. 
Maybe most serious of all is before Mass on Sunday, back when you were still at home, Mom would give you a dime to place in the collection basket when it came around. And as that basket got closer and closer and closer, it got harder and harder to reach into your pocket and pull that dime out and give it away. And your mom would look at you with a look that you didn't even need words. You old greedy guts. Well, that epithet wasn't meant to hurt your young, tender feelings. It was meant to to encourage you not to be greedy, not to be a greedy guts, to, to be a person who shares and is generous and is kind, because these are the, the values and the virtues that you're going to need the rest of your life with your work and your school and, and eventually with your own family, to be generous and to share. And that's really, really important. So that's why that epithet was so important growing up. And most of us learn more or less the value of, of generosity, of not being greedy with the things that we were given in life. But, you know, it's always an ongoing lesson. Sometimes we catch ourselves. But also we know that some people just didn't get it at all. For whatever reason, by the time they turned into adults, they were indeed old greedy guts and you can kind of tell who they are you know there's there's tells that that reveal the greedy guts in our midst maybe we should switch to a more professional word the avaricious in our midst you know one of them is what comes out of their head the words they speak what's the primary word that's always coming out of their mouth it's the word mine or some form of mine 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 that's mine, that's mine, that's mine. Don't you touch, that's mine. And when it really gets serious, it's like looking at your stuff and they're saying, that might be yours, but it's really mine. That's bad. So that's the tell from the head. And then there's the tell from the hands. The hands are not open. The hands are grasping. They're holding on to stuff, and it doesn't matter whether it's a few copper coins or gold bullion in great bars that they're holding on to. It's theirs, and they're grasping it, and they hold it tight. And when their hands are grasping like that, there's no possibility for them to give or to share or to touch or to be tender. And then maybe the most important tell is the heart. You know, what comes out of their heart? As they seek more and more stuff, as they bring it to themselves, as they hold tighter and tighter, their possessions begin to possess them. And it begins to strangle them, to strangle their heart. They, they can't love. They, they can't share. They can't be with other people except as abusers or as oppressors or as manipulators in life and you get a sense that there's just no love in this person at all that the heart inside this person is if not already dead close to dying that's what happens to the avaricious person so none of us want to do that. None of us want to be like, like that. None of us want to be like the guy in Jesus' parable tonight, grabbing, taking, grabbing, taking, holding, grasping, mine, mine, mine. But what's the opposite then? Well, our first instinct and our right instinct is to say, well, you know, the contrast, the opposite of the avaricious man or woman is the generous man or woman. And that's certainly true. The person who shares and gives of themselves 
But there is an Italian uh, priest, spiritual writer, who died a couple of years ago, named Alessandro Pronzato. And he takes this story that Jesus tells, and he describes, of course, the avaricious person, much as I just have, as we all know, the greedy guts kind of guy. And he says the, the opposite of that is, the contrast to that, is not just a generous person, not just a kind person, not just a nice person. It's a Eucharistic person. And then he, he uses the values that are built into our participation in the Eucharist, in the Mass, to describe the kind of person that Jesus, of course, wants us to become in contrast to the old greedy guts kind of person he describes in the parable. What, what are those values? The first is that the person is humble before God. That the person recognizes that this whole life is a gift given to us from above. That it's a gift given to I didn't create myself. I didn't make myself. It's all a gift. And there's so many ways that I don't use these gifts well. And so I come together in a church to celebrate the Eucharist, humble, knowing that I'm a sinner, but also knowing everything I have is a gift from God. That humility, that Lord have mercy part of our lives, is one of the the key characteristics of the unavaricious, the ungreedy guts, the generous person who is a person, a Eucharistic person. The second characteristic goes back to that offering plate. You know, it's, it's a symbol, of course, of open hands placing something of themselves and giving it away for the good of the others, for the, for the good of everyone. We have our little plates that get passed around if you, if you go to Mass in, in, in Tanzania or in Guatemala or sometimes in the Philippines, it's, it's much more than that. The people come forward and they're dancing and they're singing and they've got bread and they've got fruit and they've got chickens and they've got eggs and they place them at the front of the altar. It's a beautiful thing because they're really poor. They're really giving away something that is of tremendous value to them. Not just a dime their mother gave them before Mass. That generosity, that open-handedness, that giving of self, that's the second great Eucharistic quality, characteristic of the person Christ wants us to be. The third one, probably the most important one, is the characteristic of communion. That, that we, when we gather here, are people who do not gather by ourselves, but that by sharing the bread and wine that's brought forward, by sharing the gifts, by breaking the bread and spreading among us, and sharing the cup, and sharing our gifts, and sharing our life, and sharing our love with one another, We build among ourselves a communion, a community. Bonds of kindness and respect and love and esteem that hold us together in God. (coughs) 
And the Eucharistic person builds that kind of communion and foments it and allows it to grow. And, and that's a great gift in the heart of the heart of the Eucharistic person. And it's not just what they do here when they're in the church, but, but they're that kind of people outside the church. Where they go, people seem to come together. People seem to be stronger together. People seem to be happier together. People seem to be more peaceful and more just together. And, and those three great Eucharistic characteristics are the antidote to the old greedy guts kind of attitudes that none of us want in our lives. The avaricious man or woman is contrasted by the Eucharistic man or woman. And and Jesus testifies not just with a parable or two, but really with his whole life. I mean, he is the Eucharistic person. He testifies with his life, with his death, with his resurrection, that the Eucharistic person, unlike the avaricious person, does not have to fear that when God says this night your life will be asked of you, that the Lord will cross his arms and say to him, you fool, you fool, you greedy old guts, you wasted your life. You wasted your life. To the contrary, the Eucharistic person who is humble, who knows he's a sinner, who gives of himself or herself, who builds and lives communion with everyone and anyone, and promotes the freedom and the justice and the righteousness and the esteem that holds a community together. That's the person the Lord will happily and joyfully welcome into his kingdom. And, of course, that's who our parents wanted us to become when they used to poke us with that epitaph. Don't be an old greedy guts. Be a man and woman of the Eucharist.